from the Allen Samuel Studios. This is the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. In the air, the right center field. The right fielder, Cole Tremaine, is there. He grabs it, and that is the ball game. Hamilton Oliver slams the door shut in the ninth inning. Bears win the series finale 5-3 over Oklahoma. The John Moore Show is brought to you by Amanda Cunningham, Coldwell Banker Apex Realtor, by Alliance Bank Central Texas, by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business, by the Baylor Club at McLean Stadium, on the web at thebaylorclub.com, and by Diamore Fine Jewelers. 4541 West Waco Drive, where Waco gets engaged. Have you seen that in the Big 12 so far, the home team has won 13 of the 15 series in conference play? What does that say to you? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, the league's really competitive, I think, top to bottom. I mean, uh, you know, here we are, we're, we're, we're towards the bottom of the, of the standings, uh, you know, tied down there probably with Oklahoma and you know, I mean, uh, we've won our two com- our conference series at home. We've lost our two series on the road. OU's won their series against TCU at home. They've lost on the road to K-State and lost to us. So, you know, it's kind of how it's worked. I think, uh, you know, Kansas showed us something this weekend by going and beating West Virginia on the road. I think that that was an impressive, by, by, you know, move by them. But very few, very few teams are going on the road and winning. And so uh, I'd like to keep it that way this week. <laughs> Now, from the Allen Samuel Studios, here's the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Hi and welcome, John Morris Show on a Friday. Mitch Thompson in the open big series at Baylor Ballpark that begins tonight. It's Baylor and Texas. Longhorns come in number 19 in the nation. They are leading the league. They're 6-3 and three in conference play. They are 24-11 and 11 overall. They have... Uh, let me double check this. Yeah, they've got the second best overall winning percentage of anyone in the conference. West Virginia percentage points better. They're 23 and 10. But a big series anytime the Bears and the Longhorns get together. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping the uh, home field advantage that has been the norm throughout the Big 12 baseball season so far continues and Baylor can get the win. Yeah, Mitch uh, talked about it there. Uh, 13 of the 15 series in the league this year have been won by the home team. And then he ended that bite with, I uh, hope that continues. Right. <laughs> and, and the only two that didn't both involved West Virginia. Yeah. They're the only Big 12 team to lose at home and to win on the, a series on the road. That's it. That's it. They They won two of three at Kansas State, and they lost two of three this past weekend at home to Kansas. So, Interesting that uh, West Virginia involved in both of those. But looking for a home field advantage, hopeful of great crowds all weekend at Baylor Ballpark. You know, with the weather turning uh, warmer and, for the most part, nicer. Uh, Last uh, Saturday was a great example. Uh, It was a beautiful day for the series finale, Baylor in Oklahoma. Just great weather. And even though the students were gone, they had a season-high crowd on Saturday at Baylor Ballpark. So people are, you know, people are hungry to come out to the ballpark, I think. And really, Mitch has so much support around this area. Yeah, and you can, we've talked about it before, but you can you can see the improvement as the season goes. And 
I don't think either one of us, and I don't think many fans have any doubt that, that Coach Thompson will, will get the program back to where it was and maybe even greater heights. Yeah, no question. Uh, you know, it's coming. There is a transition year, and they're in the middle of that. But uh, even in the transition year, you can see improvements in this team. Played uh, a really good nationally ranked DBU team down to the wire on Tuesday. Lost that game 6-5, to five, but played them really well, and that was on the road. And Baylor has been a much better team at home this season. In conference play, Baylor is uh, four and two at home. They are zero and six on the road. Uh, overall, this year the Bears are twelve and eleven at home. They are zero and ten away from Baylor ballpark. Wow, yeah, yeah that's and been outscored by a significant margin in road games also. But uh, home this weekend, Baylor and Texas. We'll get the Longhorn side of things. Visit with our good friend Craig Way coming up in just a bit. Craig, the voice of the Longhorns. So a uh, full weekend of action in the Big 12, uh, including Baylor and Texas. Texas number 19 in the nation. Oklahoma State's number 18 in the nation. They're home hosting West Virginia. That series begins tonight at 6 p.m. All these uh, series, conference series on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, Kansas State plays at Kansas beginning tonight at 6 o'clock. Uh, battle for the Sunflower State, K-State and Kansas Kansas uh, first-year head coach Dan Fitzgerald, they may, may be the surprise team in the league right now. I don't remember where they were picked in the preseason, but... I think right ahead of Baylor. I think that's right. So eighth in the league, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, two teams with two head, new head coaches, but Kansas sitting there at 17-15 and 15 overall. They're 5-4 and four in conference play, and they swept Baylor earlier this year and are coming off a series in which they won two of three in Morgantown over West Virginia. Yeah, that's a, that's a big jump for that program. They've been Very so much. bad for so long. Yeah. So it's good to see them getting better. So Kansas K-State coming up this weekend. Also, uh, Texas Tech number 21 in the nation. They are at Oklahoma. That series begins tonight at 630. Um, and then the TCU 25 in the nation. They are out of conference. They're hosting UNC Wilmington in a three-game series coming up this weekend. So TCU, the team with the uh, open conference date, they'll fill it with three games against UNC Wilmington. Four teams from the Big 12 in the top 25 this weekend, and uh, big, big series. Um, I don't know. You look at those, is, I don't know, would you say Baylor-Texas is the biggest matchup, biggest series this weekend? I think so. Maybe West Virginia at Oklahoma State. I don't know, Kansas, Kansas, ah, they're all good. Kansas, yeah. Kansas State, you know, that's good. So uh, from our perspective, Texas Baylor is Texas the biggest, Baylor, yeah. <laughs> biggest uh, series of the weekend. So we look forward to that. Baylor softball's on the road. They're playing in Lubbock against Texas Tech. They'll play tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Three games, all three games on 101.3 FM. And uh, the uh, Texas Sports Hall of Fame induction banquet comes up on Saturday. That's going to be really, really cool. Uh, Coach Scott Drew, part of the uh, induction class this year, but a great class that includes Jose Cruz, former Astro, Carlette Guidry, the sprinter from University of Texas, Michael Strahan, played at Texas Southern, and uh, then the New York Giants, and now has uh, done a little TV work in his time. Uh, Cynthia Potter, the uh, sw- diver, swimming and diving from the University of Texas. Adrian Peterson out of Oklahoma and East Texas. Priest Holmes, the running back, a guest earlier this week with Matt Mosley. And Robert Brazil, the linebacker from, uh, formerly with the Oilers, 
That's the class, a great class for the Texas Sports Hall of Fame induction banquet on Saturday. And also, uh, so I'll miss that. I'll miss the baseball series for good reason. We've talked about it all week. Any Uh, excuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is a good excuse. Uh, MJ, our son, is getting married. He he came home on Wednesday. He and uh, Caroline blew into town on Wednesday. And it's just, um, you know, it's kind of unbelievable all the last second things done. I mean, everything's done, but then you... Check and double check right. and cater. It's never really done until after the <laughs> right. wedding. That's right. <laughs> exactly. We'll be double checking things right up until tip off of the wedding <laughs> coming up tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow evening at 530. But really looking forward to it. Uh, we love Caroline. People have asked, uh, how does she fit into the family? And, you know, since day one, really, she has fit in really, really well. So she's already a part of the family. It's just going to be formalized with the wedding coming up tomorrow. Yeah, that's always great when there's that kind of, you know, when, when you just automatically get along the first time right. you meet. Right, exactly. As opposed to, you know, the other options. That way, yeah, right? which, I, yeah, I think we've probably both had that <laughs> in our families at some point. But, yeah. yeah, it's great, you know, when you're like, oh, okay, I really like this person. This yeah. is going to be great. Yeah, and, and you know, Caroline, I think I've said, is, a, is an only child. But now, all of a sudden, she has MJ, and she's got two sisters, and Megan and Maddie, so... I think that's really cool for her. So she just fits right in, and uh, we'll welcome her. We have already welcomed her to the family, and the wedding is coming up tomorrow evening. Looking forward to it. Did, have I told you about the car, the the getaway car for MJ? We talked about it a few weeks ago, but okay. it was never formalized, oh, okay. finalized on the show. Here's the way this played out. <laughs> so this was one of the jobs that was given to me. Uh, MJ said, hey, can you find a convertible we could borrow for a getaway car? The, the wedding and the reception are at the Earl Harrison House in Waco, historic home over there on 4th Street. And I said, yes, no problem. I'll do that. And my first thought was, this is going to be easy. I'll call someone at Baylor with the chamber or student activities. And I'm thinking of the homecoming parade at mm-hmm. Baylor when they've got all these convertibles. Well, where are those convertibles in April? You know, they got. <laughs> I can find one of those, right? right? I figure they have a list of those, and I'll just... Find somebody and call and make the ask. If they say no, there's another person on the list. But it uh, wasn't quite that easy. So naive. <laughs> think You're things right. Go easily. You're right. You're exactly <laughs> right. I thought this was going to be a piece of cake. So I asked um, uh, Dakota Farquhar Cadell with student activities, and he said, oh, yeah, let me give you the names of the guys uh, with the chamber who handle the parade. And he did, and I emailed those guys, and it was crickets no response i'm not going to say their names right uh but no response from them so mm-hmm. i waited a few weeks and emailed them again hey just following up do you have anything you know explain the deal no response again that's crazy that's I weird no yeah. i know so i was really surprised and then all of a sudden i thought oh well this uh, plan <laughs> a we better go to plan b so I checked around with some car dealers here. I've got friends at a lot of car dealerships, Alan Samuels. We're in the Alan Samuels studio right now. Talked to Ted Teague, and he said, yeah, we'll find you a car, no problem. And, and immediately sent me a p- picture of his car, one that he has that's it's a beautiful green convertible mm-hmm. with tan leather seats. And I thought, oh, this is great. Right. So I sent it to MJ, and he said, yeah, not exactly what we're looking for. What? I know. I know. Uh, it could be my getaway car. 
So, I mean, it's his wedding. It's his getaway. See, at that point, I would, I don't know. I, I, I probably would have been a little more patient too, but yeah, I, my first instinct would have been to say, look, <laughs> <laughs> right. Here's how this works. Yeah. You requested a convertible. Here's you a, have a convertible. convertible. That's exactly right. But I told Ted, Ted, and he was very understanding. I talked to Richard Carr and Richard Goff at uh, Richard Carr, and uh, they said, let us work on it. They they said, also, they were the first ones to say, uh, car dealers just aren't making, or manufacturers aren't making that many convertibles these days. Yeah, There's just not as many out there. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't, you hardly ever see any new convertibles. That's right. I mean, so they just Some don't make Some of the Volkswagen models, yeah. maybe, yeah. and maybe the Mustang still makes them. I'm not yeah. even sure about that. So they said, but let us work on it. And they went through their records and found a convertible that they had sold to a guy <laughs> and said, here, we can get you his contact information. Here's here's what the car looks like. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. A Calca, Calcata, Calcaterra, something like that. I can't remember the uh, the brand of it. So I got a picture of that, sent it to MJ, and it was like, yeah, but I could tell, <laughs> I could tell that wasn't exactly what he was looking for. So he was more specific. He said, it, yeah, I'm really looking for a vintage, you know, some kind of vintage uh, car. And, and mm-hmm. I'm not picky, but, right. you know, and I said, all right, I'll keep looking. So I told uh, Richard Carr and Richard Goff, thank you, but no thank you. I had Greg Bruner looking in Stephenville. Right. He came up with a. That's one thing. You you know, you I know, know a lot of guys that own yeah. car dealerships. This <laughs> shouldn't right. have been a problem. Oh, but. I just scratched the surface, too. I could have gone deeper. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then, so the way it played out was I found, uh, I was going in, walking into the Farrell Center to a game during the season, and there was this, I'm going to call a roadster, uh, pulled in and parked there, and I thought, uh, it turned out to be a Morgan. The brand, the uh, model is the Morgan. I'll show you a picture of it. And and so doesn't took, sound cheap. Uh, no, it's British. Also, <laughs> kind of that long, thin. Yeah, British I think car. I know what you're talking it's about. It's a convertible, yeah. low oh, to the ground. So I took a picture of it walking into the Farrell Center. I sent it to MJ, and he said, "Oh yeah, can you get that?" <laughs> so I said, "Let me work on it." Right. So I had no idea whose car it was. You know, I just saw it in the parking lot, but it was in the parking where it's Bear Foundation members. Mm-hmm. So I went back, double-checked, found the parking space, number 496, talked to the Bear Foundation, and they said, well, we're really not supposed to give out that information, but we could make contact for you. And I said, yeah, please, if you don't mind. So they did. They called this guy, you know, whose car it is, that space. And uh, it turns out it uh, it's a guy named Moose Stovall, mm-hmm. lives up at Lake Whitney. And collects MGs, collects old cars. He's got 16 cars. Oh, wow. 16. <laughs> so it's like hitting the mother load yeah, there, yeah, finding a car. Yeah, that's the convertible lottery. Exactly. <laughs> so I uh, explained everything to him, and he said, yeah, I bet we can work something out. And he was very friendly. He and his wife, Amy, were very friendly. And we went up there just this past Sunday, uh, MJ and Terry and I, and he was like, Here's what we got. What do you like? <laughs> that's inc- that's pretty It was incredible. very nice. Really cool. Very, very yes. nice. Great Baylor supporters. And and uh, MJ really had his eye on the Morgan. Wasn't sure he could drive it because it's a standard shift. Oh, yeah. So Moose said, well, come on, let's go. We'll take a driving lesson. So they go driving off and come back about 30 minutes later. And MJ was driving when they came back. And I, he said he felt comfortable doing that. At one point, he said maybe I could drive them 
being a standard, you know, mm-hmm. and he wasn't, wasn't real uh, adept at that or didn't feel comfortable doing it. And I said, sure, if you want. Right. But he feels good about it, and they're going to bring it down to us on Saturday, tomorrow. And uh, the Morgan, uh, thanks to uh, Moose and Amy Stovall, will be the getaway car for MJ and Caroline. So not only did you come through with a convertible, you came through with a super, yes, super nice Vintage. Awesome vintage convertible. Yes, exactly. Good job, Dad. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> now, it took me a while, right. but we got a great, great car. That's awesome. All right, so looking forward to the wedding coming up tomorrow. Rehearsal dinner comes up tonight. That's at Cameron Park Clubhouse. That'll be fun also. Uh, let's take a break. We'll be back with more in just a moment. A little bit later, Craig Way will join us, the voice of the Longhorns, Baylor in Texas, opening a series at Baylor Ballpark coming up tonight. Take a break. Thanks to... Alan Samuels, thanks to Ted Teague, very willing to help out in the car search. Alan Samuels, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car business. It is the Rob Sellers Funky Bump of the Day on this Friday. It is Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, one of the classics. Just playing the classics here in the 3 o'clock hour. In the Stone is the name of the song. Rob, hope you appreciate Earth, Wind, and Fire. The Rob Sellers Funky Bump of the Day. Rob's uh, done a plaque for me to give to someone, and I've seen it, just uh, him texting it to me. I can't wait to pick it up and see it in person, so... Rob, I will get with you after this weekend, after the wedding, and and we will uh, do the exchange. Nice. Yeah, really nice. All right, welcome back. We're glad you're with us alongside Aaron Sexton, John Morris Show on a Friday. Next segment, we'll visit with Craig Way, the voice of the Longhorns, Baylor in Texas, beginning uh, their three-game series at Baylor Ballpark coming up tonight. So we have Craig. Let's. Uh, what are the subjects we want to cover with Craig? Talk about baseball this series. Ask him about Rodney Terry being made the permanent head coach at uh, for Texas men's basketball. Love Rodney Terry. Uh, spring football, their spring game comes up tomorrow, so uh, we can touch on spring football. Who's the quarterback? Who's starting? Yeah, that's All we it. want to know. We're going to ask him that. That is No the matter what his answer, that's the end of the interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. <laughs> you know uh, every interview he does, that's oh, absolutely. a question, and, if and not the it's question. It's kind of silly. It's going to be Quinn Evers. I think so, you too. Know, at some point, it may be Arch Manning if they struggle, but it's yeah. going to be Quinn Evers until, so too. until he's not the starting quarterback until he just unless I should say unless he just plays terribly and then they could bench him yeah and they still have uh I forget the other there's a third string yeah, quarterback that some and people I, are saying is is really good I yeah. mean looking really good is it is it Murphy is it Mark Murphy Malik Murphy I can't think of his name look that up for us but there's a third string quarterback that I hear interviews of people who are in the know about Texas football they say, hey, watch out for this guy. He looks really, really good. Yeah, it is Malik Murphy. I Malik knew the first Murphy. name was right. But, yeah, Malik Murphy okay. is actually, I think, listed as – or was listed as the second oh, number quarterback. Two. Yeah. I, I don't know if that will obviously stay that way, but I think he was at the start of spring. But I think it will – and I have heard the same thing. You know, yeah. There's been a lot of positive yeah. buzz about him uh, during their spring foot, football practices, but I just can't see – 
I can't see him starting in front of Ewers, and I can't see him if Ewers struggles. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> how they would approach that, you know. You know what? They, they that's may their say, deal. That's However, exactly right. They can worry about that. Exactly. We've got to, you know, we're going to figure out who we're starting. Right, and, uh, right. But, yeah, I have no idea what <laughs> what Sarkeesian would do in that situation. He might go with, if if you were struggles, there's a chance he might go with the uh, upperclassmen. Yeah. With, the, with more experience. So who knows? Yep. So we'll visit with Craig about all of that coming up next segment. I uh, I need to double check, but is is Baylor's last game this year versus Texas, and Texas' last game in the regular season? Look up that schedule. If so, it could be the uh, the final game for Texas. Well, they'll have a bowl game likely, and if so, that could be their final game as a, a Big Twelve conference member. Oh, they actually they uh, Texas is. Uh... September twenty third. Oh, they really? Were, yeah, they're in Texas. Is that early? Yeah, they'll okay. end against. Uh, looks like West Virginia. Oh, <laughs> long time Big Twelve rival. Right. <laughs> I thought it would either be. Te- I thought it was Texas uh, TCU myself, but that's the second to last game on I November eighteenth. I got you. Yeah, they will. Oh, so Baylor and Texas is early then. Yeah, yeah. September. It's the, uh, let's see. Sorry, I don't have that schedule. <laughs> it's their first conference game. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. After Texas State, Utah. And LIU, they will play Texas to open the uh, conference schedule, then travel to Orlando. Oh, UCF. What you looking for? Have you been to Orlando? I have been there several oh. times. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. Um, but I can't say I've ever done a football broadcast. Well, yes, I have too. The, the uh, Russell Athletic Bowl was in Orlando. That was uh, 15. Does that sound right? UCLA? No, no, Russell Athletic Bowl was uh, North Carolina. Oh, the uh, no pass game. That's right. <laughs> ben Baylor ran the ball yeah. like crazy. Pretty amazing. Who was the uh, running back? Um, um, oh, gosh. Not not Johnny Jefferson, was it? It was. Johnny Jefferson yep. had a huge yes. day. Like 299 yards. Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> I mean, you, they, Baylor didn't have a quarterback, so they just basically ran the uh, – um, Single wing, basically. Yes, with yeah. the, with a quarterback as running back, yeah. and they ran up and down the field <laughs> yeah. and won that game. It and was, that was incredible Larry to Fedora, watch. Who was coaching uh, North Carolina at the time? Oh, he had Baylor to been just put him on, just put going him crazy, on. right? right. I mean, they he, they knew exactly what Baylor was going to do every play. <laughs> just they were they didn't know who was going to run the ball. Right. They knew someone was going to run the ball. That's it, and they could not stop them. It was it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was. All right, very good. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll visit with Craig Way, the voice of the Longhorns, Baylor, Texas, opening a big Big 12 baseball series at Baylor Ballpark coming up tonight. John Morris Show brought to you in part by Alliance Bank. Alliance Bank Central Texas, independently owned and has been helping families and businesses in Central Texas meet their financial needs since 2007. Also brought to you by DMRA Fine Jewelers, D'Amore at 4541 West Waco Drive. Where Waco gets engaged. You're listening to the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Now back to today's JMO Radio Show from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. 
little toe tapping music. Welcome back. John Morris show on a Friday. We do appreciate you being with us. Baseball theme as we've got a big series at Baylor Ballpark that starts tonight. First pitch, 630, 615 airtime here on ESPN Central Texas. It is Baylor and Texas. And we're pleased to welcome in our good friend, the voice of the Longhorns, Craig Way, joins us now to talk about that and all things burnt orange. Craig, welcome to you and uh, safe travels. Welcome to Waco. Thanks, J-Mo. Glad to be here. And uh, it's, it, listen, one of the great things about uh, Texas playing Baylor and one of the things that I'm going to greatly miss uh, when Texas leaves for the SEC is the proximity of the two institutions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know you appreciate that. that. <laughs> well, As somebody who lives, I, you know, you know, John, I, yeah. I moved last year and I live on the north side of Georgetown. Right. So I'm, I'm in Waco in an hour. 10 minutes. Oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, that will serve you well this weekend as you're uh, kind of making the trek up and down I-35 a couple of times. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the, the game tonight, obviously, and Keith Moreland will be up here with me the, the whole weekend, and, uh, and he'll work the Friday game with me. Then I'll come back to Austin. We have our annual Orange-White Spring football game uh, to do it to Roger Wallace and Will Matthews will be with me on Saturday, and then I'll come back up uh, Saturday night and get a good night's sleep in McLennan County, and we'll uh, we'll call the final one on Sunday afternoon. Very good. That's great. All right, a lot of topics there to cover with you in a short amount of time. You, you mentioned leaving, going to the SEC. Uh, you've got another year left, Texas does, in the Big 12. But are you, and I asked Toby this last week, are you starting to think about, ooh, this, you know, this may be the last time we come to play a series at Baylor Ballpark? Are you starting to hit some of those maybe the last time things? Absolutely. And, and uh, one of the first times that that came up was uh, three weeks ago, I guess, or a couple of weeks ago uh, when I was in Stillwater. Uh, playing Oklahoma State, and uh, as Texas played Oklahoma State, and if and if anybody hasn't been to O'Brayton mm-hmm. Stadium, it's a beautiful ballpark. It's it's incredible. It's very very nice, very fan friendly. And from us, from the broadcaster selfish media perspective, <laughs> the broadcast booths practically hang out over home plate. Yeah. I mean, you you see and hear everything so well. And I you know, and I was joking with. Dave Hunziker, our good friend, voice of the Cowboys, and he does their baseball and TV, and Rex Holt is on the radio for a long, long time. I said, hey, I'm going to miss it, if nothing else, because of this building. I, you know, <laughs> right. I, I mean, it's great seeing you guys, but, yeah, but this yeah. building is something. So, yeah, there there is some of that. And, and obviously, I'm going to miss it, you know, with, with our longtime friendship that you and I have had. I'm hoping that maybe the proximity comes to the rescue. Maybe somewhere down the road they get this figured out, you know, that we could at least do kind of what Texas and Texas A&M have been doing. Right. They've been playing a Tuesday night, home and home every year, alternate by year. Uh, Texas played in College Station this year. Every year they alternate. Well, obviously, going into the SEC, the A&M will be on the regular schedule. Right. So they'll play them as a conference opponent. Maybe they can do something like that with Baylor. It, it, it'd be great. I'd, I'd love to see the, the series continue, certainly even after Texas moves on to the SEC. I would agree with that and you know this and I'll say it publicly we're going to miss you guys uh, so many uh, you know so many great memories through the years Baylor in Texas and we may still see each other you know playing in in certain events probably won't happen in football 
But uh, we're going to miss you guys and uh, hate that it has come to this, but that's that's where we are. So uh, we do have another year left to finish things out next year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Listen, maybe somewhere down the road when, when both of our football teams are, are really good, but maybe in a given year, uh, maybe not in the playoff, even though we both want to be, maybe we both wind up playing in the Sugar Bowl against Oh, them. yeah. <laughs> How about that? Hey, let's That'd book be nice that. Prize. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd take that right now. All right, let's yeah. talk baseball. Series begins tonight. Texas leading the league right now at 6 and 3 uh, and, and playing pretty well. I watched parts of your games with Kansas State last weekend. Where do you think uh, you are right now, Longhorns? Yeah. If you had asked me one month ago today, and especially if you'd asked me uh, on March the 5th, I guess it was, uh, if I would have thought that, that in the, in the second weekend in April or third weekend in April that, that they'd be in first place, I, w- I would have seriously doubted that. Remember, Texas started 4-7, and seven, and they were coming out of the series, non-conference series at Cal State Fullerton at 4 wins and seven losses there were 19 new faces on this baseball team most of them really young guys there were some some transfers uh, but they lost a lot of uh, people off the uh, college world series team for the last two years so there was a lot of adjustment that that needed to be made uh, not only uh, <clears throat> with the players but coach pierce told me that the coaching staff had to get comfortable enough with one another on uh, assignment and responsibilities and all that other kind of stuff. He hired Woody Williams, a longtime uh, coach down at San Jacinto as the pitching coach. Uh, obviously, Baylor fans remember Steve Rodriguez. Right. And, 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 and Rod and, and, uh, uh, and David had been friends for a long, long time, long before uh, Rod even left Pepperdine. That they, they'd known each other on back in those, those days when David was doing a lot of uh, – out there at the area code games in California and stuff. And they got to know each other back then. And there was a vacancy with Sean Allen leaving to go to Ohio state. So he came in. So you had that, you had another uh, coaching shift as, as uh, you had uh, one coach uh, go up. Uh, Philip Miller went up into administration and operations. And, and so uh, in addition to those two coaches, uh, they had Caleb Longley was elevated up to his assistant. So they all had to get comfortable with one another. And that took some time as well as with the players. But you started to see signs of it even in the series against Fullerton. Guys were getting more and more comfortable with one another. And then when they got home, they just took off. They had that 14-game homestand, and they went 14-0 and on it. Now some of the early opponents were not, you know, they were triple-digit RPI teams. But – after that, they kept it going. They swept Texas Tech, and then and and they played pretty solid baseball. They haven't always played, you know, great baseball on uh, went both with uh, pitching, hitting, uh, and uh, and defense. Uh, but but most of the time, since coming back home, they've done at least two of those things really well on a given night. And that's helped them go twenty and four since that four and seven start. Wow, that's great. What, what do you think uh, about Coach Rod? What's his temperature coming up here this weekend? Oh, I, you know, I think he's looking forward to it. You know, you you know him, uh, you know as well as anybody. You know how you, you mentioned temperature. You know how low key he can be. <laughs> right, right. And he's he and and he's looking at it like, hey, it's 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 the next opponent on the schedule, but I've still got friends up there, and I like going up there, and and. And it'll be fun. That's pretty much what he has said about it. And uh, and and I think he's looking forward to coming back and, and being. And he'll be for folks who don't know, he'll be in the first base coaching box 
unless unless Coach Pierce gets ejected from a game, which happened last Sunday, <laughs> then Rod moved over to the third base coaching box, right. and Cameron Rupp, who's a student assistant and who was a hero on the 09 uh, team that got to the national championship series, uh, Rupp, uh, Rupp is a student coach, and he would move into the box. But but uh, but Rod will be in the first base coaching box uh, tonight and throughout the weekend. I got you. Tell him hello for me. I don't know if we'll cross paths this weekend, but you tell him hello. Uh, isn't it interesting? I know you've noticed that uh, in, in Big 12 series, uh, the home team has won 13 of 15 series so far this year. Now, you think home field advantage, and there's something to that, but that's 87% winning percentage for the home teams. Yeah, and you know what it is? I, I think, John, I've given this a lot of thought because I've studied those numbers as well. And, I, you know, I think there's a real comfort level. There's a psychological uh, comfort level with teams getting a chance to play in their ballpark. They know certainly, uh, you know, all the specifics and the, the, the nooks and crannies and the, and the quirks of, of, of their home ballpark. It certainly has served the Bears well in their series wins uh, over K-State in Oklahoma, and, and Texas has played well at home. Now they, they took two or three at home uh, from Kansas State, and they just got through splitting a home-and-home home pair with Texas State where the, where the road team won both games. That's mm. the second year in a row that's happened. But by and large, Texas has been really good at home, and a, and a big part of it is just being comfortable in their environment. And, and you know how it is, John, about – having to get on the bus and going up. And, sure. Uh, you know, the, the, I mean, the team's busing in the day to play tonight's first game. Then, of course, they'll they'll stay, you know, the rest of the weekend, obviously, in Waco. But, uh, you know, there's just something to be said about for sleeping in your own bed and, and all of those kinds of comforts. Uh, and I think that has something to do with it, especially with guys who are student athletes and they've got classroom obligations and things like that. So you're right. It's It really is a home uh, ballpark league, the Big 12 is, more so than I could say in a long, long time. All right, along those lines, uh, is it tougher to go from turf to natural grass and dirt or the opposite? A. <laughs> right. More, yeah, it, right. It's, more, it's more challenging, I think, to go from turf to grass. And uh, David has spoken about that. Coach mm-hmm. Pierce, he's talked about how it's, you know, getting guys used to it. Now, they just played – on grass on Monday night in San Marcos. So, well, no, no, that's turf now too. That, uh, that, but, um, but they, they played on, uh, grass in, um, in Stillwater. Mm-hmm. And so they, they've done some of it at least recently. And, uh, and they had, and I say grass, they had the dirt infield. And that's the biggest difference, right, I think. Right. It's not so much about grass or turf in the outfield because they do have field turf in the outfield. Uh, there in Stillwater, but what it is is they have the full dirt infield. Well, at UFCU Dishball Field, it's an all turf uh, infield. It's all field turf. Now, folks will tell you, you know, it takes truer hops, truer bounces on the field turf. But you get on that dirt, you know, you can take a you can take a quirky bounce. Oh, yeah. So that's where there is that adjustment. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And you know, John, uh, there's the adjustment to playing uh, there in Waco, where you've got that breeze when mm-hmm. it comes out of the south and. You know, I can still see, you know, you, you know me, I'm a longtime Dodger fan. Right. So I enjoyed Max Muncy hitting two home runs last oh, night. To beat wasn't the that Giants. great? Yeah. But I can remember in those early 2000s, I remember Max Muncy hitting one into the brass. <laughs> I remember that. That's right. And so 
Uh, so I know the balls the balls can fly out of there on that, and that's that's always a consideration, as well as the ones headed over to the soccer field. Uh, yes, with the wind out of the south, which it should be this weekend, that's the prevailing wind, so it should be blowing out. So we'll see how that plays. Craig Way with us, voice of the Longhorns. Let me shift gears uh, for just a second and uh, ask you about Coach Rodney Terry, a guy we know and appreciate, you know, was an assistant here for Harry Miller. Finally, finally getting uh, named the uh, permanent head coach, as permanent as coaching can be at the University of Texas. What do you think about Rodney getting that that uh, assignment? I think it's awesome, and, and I think the, the vast majority, overwhelming majority of the fan base is excited about it also and, and, and was happy to see it. You know, a lot of fans were real antsy wanting, uh, wanting uh, the athletic department to name him the permanent head coach uh, before the season ended. But they, they stuck to their plan all along and said, when the season's over, we'll, we'll make our announcement. And sure enough, I think they decided in their mind, but just went ahead and stuck with a plan, and Rodney has hit the ground running. Now, I will also tell you that Longhorn fans are probably a little bit nervous that, about him having to hit the ground running when one considers uh, what has happened with the transfer portal with uh, Tyrese Hunter and Dylan Mitchell saying they both are going to at least get the evaluation from Mm -hmm. the NBA people. I think both will come back, but now Rowan Brumball was a young man who redshirted from the Washington area. He wanted to get back closer to home. So he's transferring out to Georgetown to play for new head coach Ed Cooley there. And then, uh, you know, while it was certainly, good for them to get Ron Holland from Duncanville, a tremendous basketball player, and he is definitely coming to Austin. The other guard they had, the point guard, A.J. Johnson, uh, who was going to come in from California, elected instead yesterday announced he's signing with an Australian professional oh, team. Really? Uh, so so there's another that creates another opening, another vacancy. We still don't know about Dylan D'Souza's um, uh, ultimate decision. I think he's leaning toward coming back, but he wants to get the feedback from the NBA. There's going to be holes to fill, but hey, we've all seen that before. You know Jerome Tang very, very well. And when he landed in Manhattan, Kansas, he had two right. two scholarship guys, and and was able to and was able to turn that around very, very quickly. So the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, they'll be active in the portal and what they have coming in. And hey, if nothing else, John. You got Brock Cunningham coming back for a sixth year, you know? <laughs> you yeah, Brock. Cunningham. Rodney's got one more year. As a <laughs> that is funny. That is so funny. Well, I appreciate your time. I'll miss seeing you this weekend, but it's always great to visit with you. And uh, safe travels up and down I-35, and we'll talk again soon. Hey, uh, John, give my best to, to Terry and to the family, and congratulations to MJ on the on the uh, the nuptials coming up tomorrow. Really excited for him and for you and for the family, and that's that's a great thing. You know, we always say if 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 our kids a stay healthy, yeah. b graduate from high school and college, c get married, and d give us grandchildren, <laughs> then, then, then we have succeeded as parents, and you've already done that to some extent, having a grandchild. So now here's the next step for you. Amen. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Have a you safe bet. trip. We'll see you soon. Thanks, John. All right, that's Craig Way, the great voice of the Texas Longhorns. Uh, you know, them going to the SEC is one thing, but not seeing Craig and Toby and, and some others on a regular basis, that that's the tough part because, uh, you know, Baylor's been playing Texas for 100 years plus, and all of a sudden it may not happen. It might, like he said, it could happen and ha- may happen in some sports 
earlier than others, but, uh, you know, it's not going to be on a regular basis like it is now. The good news is we get one whole year to give them both a proper goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I know how you feel about that. That's right. They'll be here through next year. Great to visit with Craig, and it's Baylor and Texas opening their series tonight at Baylor Ballpark, 6.30 first pitch for the Bears and the Longhorns coming up tonight, 2 p.m. tomorrow, 1 p.m. on uh, on Sunday for the series finale, Baylor and Texas. All right, take a break. Back to wrap things up right after this on a Friday afternoon. Those Baylor games, by the way, right here on ESPN Central Texas. Take a break. Back after this. Stay with us. Back to wrap things up, John Morris Show on a Friday, fun Friday, headed into the uh, rehearsal dinner tonight, the wedding tomorrow. Oh, yeah, Baylor, Texas coming up beginning tonight. So a lot going on here, and uh, we appreciate you being with us, indulging us um, to give you some wedding news, big event in our family. We're really looking forward to it. Let's do, Aaron, take time to look at some birthdays for today. And uh, and headed into the weekend, uh, let me look at the list here. Stand by, stand by, scanning, scanning, scanning. So on this 14th day of April, let's take a look here. And tax day, by the way, is not tomorrow. Tax deadline is Tuesday the 18th. Yeah, I, you know I, that? I just noticed that this week because I haven't yeah. done mine yet. <laughs> I have not either. Um, the 18th is the deadline there, so. Uh, here are our birthdays today. Sean Trocum's birthday. Sean's a neighbor of ours right up the street, the athletic director at uh, MCC. McLennan, happy birthday to Sean. Kendall Couch's birthday is today. Obemo KK's birthday, great guy. Played football, then basketball at Baylor. Satia Messer's birthday is today. Happy birthday to her. Is she at uh, UCF, I think, coaching? Thanks. So. Former assistant here, Satia Messer. Um, looking, looking. Oh, it's Jonathan Barry's birthday. Jonathan with us in uh, athletic facilities and operations. A great guy. Jonathan, happy birthday to you today. Jacob Puente was a trainer with us now with Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics. Um, Barbara Smith from First Woodway and Beth Richards in the radio biz. Happy birthday to Beth. All right, there's my birthday list. Who would you have, Aaron? Got a, a few today. Oscar-winning actor Adrian Brody is 49. Brad Garrett, best known as Robert Barone on Everybody Loves Raymond, Mm. is 62. And some pretty, well, some very big sports birthdays today. Former multiple-time UFC middleweight champion and UFC Hall of Famer Anderson Silva is 47. He still holds the record for most days as a UFC champ, 2,547. Major League Hall of Famer Greg Maddox is 56, the best pitcher pitcher I've ever seen in my life. Mm. And finally, a man that should be in the Hall of Fame, but I'm not going to get on my soapbox. Oh, here we go. Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Is 81 and still not in the Hall of Fame. Yep, yep. Uh, Number 14 on April 14th is Pete Rose's birthday. Nice. Yeah, yeah. 81 years old. And still going strong, still as snarky as ever. Absolutely not, <laughs> not anyone's anyone I'd ever want to be friends with. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, but the man deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, 
Marty Brenneman loves him. Marty retired doing the Reds games. He loves Pete Rose. So uh, there you go. Happy birthday, Pete Rose. That'll wrap things up for us. Hey, we appreciate you being with us, and uh, have a great and safe weekend. Enjoy the Baylor-Texas series, whatever else you might be doing this weekend. We're going to go get MJ married, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. Holy cow.